Transmitter device activated. Coordinates set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to the Earth 2 podcast, the podcast where we explore the origins and development of the DC multiverse and the legacy of Golden Age characters throughout the Silver and Bronze Ages of comics. I'm Peter Watson. And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're still in 1964. We're almost at the end of 1964. Mm-hmm. And we're doing a story from issue 320 of Action Comics, which was published in November 64 with a cover date of January 1965. And readers, listeners, viewers, etc. with long memories might recall a story we did recently, which involved Superman and the Goliath Hercules. That was from another issue of Action Comics. And that's about a year or so beforehand. Yeah, and that issue said, watch out for further adventures with... The Goliath Hercules, and that never materialised. Yes. However, we do have this. Yeah, which is another story with another Hercules mm-hmm. and a couple of his pals. Peter's going to tell us about the cover. The cover, funnily enough, has got Superman standing right in the middle of it with Atlas, Samson and Hercules, who are well, trying to clobber him, basically. <laughs> Samson's punching him, socking him in the jaw. Hercules is breaking a club over him. And Atlas is crushing a big rock into his head. And Superman is thinking to himself, the mightiest men of the past, Atlas, Samson and Hercules, have turned against me. And they're only warming up now. They have new powers which are even greater than mine. So, straight into the story. Out of the legendary past come three famous men of awesome strength who wield godlike powers. Fate pits them against the Man of Steel and the World Rocks with a tremendous battle of Superman and the The Three three Super super enemies. Enemies. And the opening splash page has Superman braced and Samson and Atlas and Hercules are all coming towards it. We should probably describe each of them, I think. Yes, Because uh-huh. this, this is going to be important. Mm-hmm. So Samson, quite stocky. He has a sort of... A Prince Valiant sort of here, but... Uh, yeah, but there's, a a fringe, there's a fringe and bangs and all that mm-hmm. going on. He's wearing sandals. He has a sort of furry belt. Then Atlas, who's very clean cut. Samson has a beard, we should say that. Yes. Atlas is very clean cut, wearing a sort of Greek Roman toga with a belt fastened around it and sandals. He's blonde hair. And he's, in this opening splash panel, he's carrying a massive boulder. Mm-hmm. And then Hercules, he's obviously wearing it's like an animal skin. It's like Flintstone. Yeah. He's got a headband, very short cropped red hair, mm-hmm. and he's carrying a big club, which he's swinging towards Superman. And they're all wearing kind of leather yeah, sandals. Sandals and things. So, so it's. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And Superman's thinking. Great guns. What could have caused Samson, Atlas, and Hercules to change from heroes to villains? And how can I defeat all three when each of them is as strong as I am and has magical powers that even my invulnerable body cannot withstand? Gosh, I know, it's exciting. Into the story. At a site near Metropolis, a fateful test begins. And we see Clark Kent, Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen stood outside a sort of hatchway in the side of a hill. Yes. With a few men in suits were wearing hats and there's obviously a kerfuffle going on. And One of the men in suits wearing a hat says... You three Daily Planet reporters, Clark Kent, Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen, will test this underground atom bomb shelter. You'll stay in it three days. And the second man says, You'll have a radio with an external antenna to communicate with the outside world. As trained observers, your descriptions of your ordeal will provide valuable data. But to make sure you don't emerge before the test is over, the entrance will be sealed. And he's saying that as he gestures towards the, the steps that lead down you know, through the hatchway in the side of the hill, and we can see Superman and Lois and Jimmy walking towards it. And Lois says, We understand. And then the next panel... It's a cutaway. Yeah, it's great. We haven't had many of these yet, have we? No, I love a cutaway. It's great. It's, it's, like, the, it's, it's like those full-page things you get in Marvel Comics when they show the backs of the building or a big yes, uh, and you see everyone's rooms and all I, that. I love it so much. Yeah, I used to it's even got too. big signs on it as well. Yeah, so... We can see a main room that Clark appears to be in, 
And there are signs pointing out the air filter and the electric generator and the fallout detector. There are a couple of dustbins, some equipment on top of a desk, some drawers and some chairs. And in the room next to that, we can see Jimmy and Lois having a little chat. And then in the next room, there's three bunk beds, one on top of the other. Triple so, bunks? Yeah. Also, I wonder who's oh, yeah. assigned where. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Jimmy says to Lois... It'll be a bit crowded for three. However, you and Clark had to have somebody to chaperone you. Oh, Jimmy, don't talk nonsense, yeah, says do, Lois. Do, 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 do. Right, we move on to, to panel four of page one. For several hours, Metropolis listens fascinatedly to the radio reports from the sealed shelter. And we see Jimmy, Lois and Clark sat around the equipment. Clark's operating the radio and he's speaking to the microphone and he's saying, Everything's going smoothly so far, folks. The air humidifier and generator are working fine. It looks like this test will be a real breeze. But when Clark switches on the radio receiver for news of the outside world... And there's a little arc sort of... Sound effect going on in the bottom corner. Jimmy Olsen says, Darn! All we get is static. Now we can't even tell whether our broadcast has been getting through. And Clark says, No, but thinks to himself, Great Scott, that interference is part of a disaster that's hit Metropolis and Gotham City. I can see it all with my supervision, but I can't tell Jimmy or Lois without revealing I'm Superman. An incredible catastrophe has indeed struck the great cities. We see a street scene, lots of people milling about, panicking, a couple of folk having a conversation. One man says, Every piece of electrical equipment in Metropolis has gone dead. Phones, auto-magnetos, radios, elevators, everything. And then a second man says, Even the subways have suddenly stopped. What's happening to us? People are looking very panicked. Yeah, this. There's an old woman who looks like she's a uh, 45 degree angle almost <laughs> yes. running. And then there's, like a, the, yeah. and there's a guy in a brown suit uh, dashing off in the background That's as well. That's what I was going to say. He's great. <laughs> we, should, we should obviously point out the big sign that says drink cool cola. Cool cola with K's. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Subliminal advertising. The, the Earth 2 podcast is sponsored by cool cola. Yes. <laughs> so we then see an insert panel of Clark scanning and using his vision. And the caption says, Aghast, Clark Kent searches with supervision until he pinpoints the origin of the trouble. And we see a building obviously on the outskirts of the city. It's got camouflage painting. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's interesting. There's radio antenna and all sorts of business coming off the top. These are the bad guys. And one of the bad guys, we don't see them. They're actually, they're only in distance. They're only, it looks like they're standing next to a bike at this point, which is interesting. But one of them says, My inhibitor wave has stopped every machine in this area. Every bank alarm, every police car and switchboard, the banks are wide open to a big raid. And the second crook says, And we'll be riding tandem bikes with bulletproof windshields for a fast, easy getaway. Ha <laughs> ha! This inhibitor invention you stole from a secret research lab will sure pay off. And as Clark with the super hearing listens in... I love this panel. Do you remember the, the Monty Python sketch, Bicycle Repairman? Yes. When, Very fondly. Yes, when Bicycle Repairman is sat in the laundrette and has a little thinks to himself mm-hmm. moment. When I was reading through before we did this, this panel just completely reminded <laughs> me of that of that moment in the Bicycle Repairman yeah. sketch. Perhaps so, they got it from this. <laughs> yeah, I think they probably panel. did. Yeah. I think maybe, possibly. Anyway, Clark thinks to himself, only one thing can stop those crooks and end the paralysis of Metropolis. I've got to switch to Superman and go into action. But if I do, I'll expose my secret identity. And that was me doing it in my best bicycle repairman voice. It worked rather well, <laughs> yes. And the next panel, Clark is still fiddling with the radio receiver. And we have Jimmy and Lois in the background there, and Jimmy says to Clark, The radio still doesn't receive anything. What's the matter with it, Clark? And Clark thinks, I can't even leave it at visible super speed, for I'd break the seal on the doorway. I have to sacrifice my secret, but wait. Jimmy's mention of the radio gives me an idea. 
I'll take the radio apart and see what's wrong. Why don't you show Lois how to use the emergency stove so she can get us lunch, Jimmy? You mean I have to cook for you too? Oh, all right. Come along, Jimmy. That's right, Lois. Get to the kitchen. Oh, dear. <laughs> so we now move on to page four. The caption at the top says, Left alone, Clark works at super speed to dismantle the radio and other apparatus in the shelter. Yeah, and it's a great panel of Clark blurring and you know multiple Clarks all working at once. How many arms can we see here? One, two, three, three four, four, five, five six, six, seven. Seven, seven. seven arms, yes, because he's... He's doing what he says. and Sector Clark. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's almost like Johnny Quick in action. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and Clark is thinking, if I could secure help, I wouldn't need to reveal my identity. Supergirl's on a life-or-death mission to another world, and that inhibitor wave is preventing me from activating my Superman robots. But, and he starts talking in the next point, in the next panel, he's got a bit of equipment in front of him, something he's obviously wrapped together. Mm. I can use this time-drawing device I built from parts of the other machines to bring help from the Legion of Superheroes or in the future. I have to say, the apparatus is built, it obviously is of Tiptorian origin because it's got kind of like the hula hoops, the Phantom Zone hula hoops. Oh, yes, yeah, so it has. Yeah. Uh, on the top of it. Yeah. Which I love. It's great. I mean, it's, um, <laughs> it's got valves and little bits and bobs and buttons and things. And yes. it's, um, it's the sort of thing that John Johns could have whipped out of thin air, frankly. Yes, of course. Interesting. I must point out, it's interesting that Clark only points and makes reference to Characters within the Superman universe. Yes. There's no mention of the Justice League. Oh, there's more of that later on as well. Very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, Clark tries to get help from the Legion, and the caption for the next panel says... But, after minutes of tense waiting... Clark's thinking to himself... It's not working. That jamming inhibitor wave must be preventing my device from reaching into the future. I'll try drawing help from the past... And reaching into past ages, Clark's time-drawing force plucks the three mightiest heroes of the past. And we see his new machine sort of vibrating and there's waves coming from it and some figures starting to form and Clark thinks, Hercules, Atlas and Samson, they're being drawn to the spot a few miles from here which my ray has chosen. I'll speak to them by super ventriloquism. Now, this is probably the best point to... Interject. To interject. Yes. Yeah. Now, we did mention when we were at the start of this episode, that this is not the first time that we've been talking about it when Superman has met a Hercules-type figure. Yes. We've been doing our prep and doing some digging, and there's a precedent, really, for Clark being involved and Superman being involved with Hercules and Atlas and Samson and these mm -hmm. sort of types. So quickly going to rattle through the stories in question. So the first story that we've been able to find was published in issue 28 of Superman, which went on sale in March 1944, with a cover date of May, June 1944. The story was called Stand In for Hercules. This story has a member of a liar's club. What's a liar's club, Pete? Any clue? Uh, I, I could tell you, but I might not be telling the truth. Um, I wonder if it's the sort of thing people did in the olden days before they had internets to distract them and things. People had to make Anyway, Mr. Boyle of a liar's club tells the story of Superman helping Hercules complete his labours. Quite straightforward. Okay. Yep. We move, jump forward to issue 223 of Adventure Comics. Mm -hmm. which went on sale in February 1956 with a cover date of April 1956 and a very convoluted story Superboy disguises himself as Hercules Jr ends up getting frozen in ice and ends up helping a sea captain with some stuff that's all you really need to know <laughs> <laughs> it's um, convoluted is the word you know, okay. but I, think, I think if we'd been doing it for the podcast you'd have been having a Justice League 15 moment and just, you know, <laughs> your hair out, okay. yeah. So we then bump forward about a year or so to 1957 with a story 
from Superman 112, which was published in January 1957 with a cover date of March 1957. And when Pete and I were doing our prep for this, I basically discovered this in the middle of the night <laughs> when I was looking for something else and sent Peter a, a screenshot of this, which was nice for him to wake up to, I'm sure. But basically, <laughs> the story's called The Three Men of Steel and three stage show strongmen who are basically Atlas, Hercules and Samson look a little differently to the, to the guys that we've got in this story. They're given short-term superpowers and strength by the very shady Professor Wilton. Mm-hmm. That's all we have to it. They're not the real guys taking yeah, the time. Yeah, they're just using, using, no. adopting the names. Mm-hmm. It's back over to Adventure Comics now for issue a story from issue 257, which went on sale December 58 with a cover date of February 59. And the story's called The First Two Supermen. This involves Superboy meeting Hercules and Samson, basically rendered as they are in this story, naturally, ah, okay. there's a couple of colouring differences, mm-hmm. but they're basically drawn yeah, the exactly same, uh-huh. and he ends up going back in time with them to, to help sort out the evil King Zarl. So this is establishing, if you like, a particular look mm-hmm. from Hercules and Samson, because we then move forward to the summer of 1960, and a two-part story that runs across issues 267 and 268 of Action Comics. Um, respectively, the, the stories are called Hercules in the 20th Century, and Superman's battle with Hercules. And this is Hercules drawn essentially as he is in the story they were covering today. Right. Kind of convoluted, I'll narrow it down best I can. Hercules is brought to the present by Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Superman sorts Hercules out with a secret identity of Roger Tate and gets him a job at the Daily Planet as a reporter. Of course. <laughs> Hercul- I wonder what his, uh, his, who he is at touch typing. <laughs> yes. Hercules obviously falls for Lois Lane and then engages Superman in a duel and ends up putting <laughs> Superman to sleep for 100 years using the flute of Apollo, because of course he does. And then Venus intervenes, obviously, because Lois is about to sacrifice herself for Superman. And then Superman takes Hercules back to his own time, where his memory of the future gets erased. So there we go. But again, emphasis, Hercules looking very much like he does in this story in Action yes. Comics that we're doing mm-hmm. today. So we then move to Action Comics issue 279, which went on sale on June 61, with a cover date of August 1961, and a cover story, and it's called The Super Rivals. Mm-hmm. It's flagged up as an imaginary story, okay. which we kind of set the rule that we weren't going to do imaginary stories. Yeah. But we're, we're covering this again because it's context. It's only a few years before, obviously, 320. Uh-huh. Um, and in this story, Superman brings Hercules and Samson to the present. And again, they're drawn exactly like they are in Action 320. And it fixes them up with Lois and Lana. <laughs> Ultimately, this is the very, very short summary. Hercules and Samson just can't be bothered with the hassle. <laughs> and Superman takes them home. Okay, interesting. So, as the three guys appear, readers who've bought this issue of Action Comics mm-hmm. back in 64 would probably, there's a fair chance, have read some of these stories that yes, already absolutely. feature Superman with Samson, Hercules, etc. Or so indeed the uh, Goliath Hercules that, exactly. we, that we covered before. Well, yeah, which, which, only, which only came out a year earlier. Oh, yeah. But obviously as a different character yeah. because it's a different parallel world. Yeah. The thinking that I've sort of had whilst doing mm-hmm. this prep is that these are the, the guys that Superman has already met in some of these mm-hmm. stories are the people he was trying to reach yeah. and trying to get hold of. Mm-hmm. So he's looked in at the past and he thought, right, I know. The heroes of the past. Yeah, exactly. So this is Perfect. So this is this is our reasoning for why So it's not just up. random heroes of the past. He's chosen people he has history with. Yeah, so, he's chosen yeah. people that the readers are probably going to... And I, I imagine if I was a reader at the time, I would have been like, all right, cool, they're back, good. You know, they wouldn't have been... Mm-hmm. They, if they'd been a regular reader, they wouldn't have been surprised to see them. So, back to the story. The three heroes from the past are starting to materialise because Superman's used his equipment. We see them in the fifth panel of page four. We see Samson, we see Hercules, we see Atlas, and we hear Superman's voice from off-panel using a super ventriloquism. And Superman says... 
I'm Superman, and I've drawn you to this age to smash an evil plot. And Hercules says, Who's speaking? Who's trying to play tricks on me? Hercules the Mighty. And then Atlas says, If someone's jesting with us, I, Atlas, will teach him manners. And Samson says, And I, Samson, strongest of men, will help you. (laughs) I was not expecting that, listeners. (laughs) Tremendous. Right, there's an inset panel and we see Clark still using his ventriloquism to talk to the lads and he says, Please listen and I'll explain the emergency. My ray brought you from the past and taught you our language. He continues in the next panel, the top of page five. I want you to wear Superman suits. You'll find duplicate costumes and exhibit in the Jimmy Olsen fan club building, which I'll direct you to. We see a close-up of the three guys going, eh, okay, that's reasonable. Soon in the fan clubhouse. Superman's voice again coming over the radio and we can see Atlas pulling his sleeves on of a Superman costume over his toga. And we can see in the background Hercules sort of muffled, it looks like, pulling his, his costume on. Yeah. And Samson is pulling his on. So Superman's voice over the, the super ventriloquism radio type wave says, Hercules, you intercept the crooks heading toward Gotham City. You, Atlas, take care of those coming into Metropolis now. And Hercules says, Ha! With my strength and with the powers of Morpheus and Neptune I possess, it will be easy. And then Atlas says, And with the invulnerability of Achilles and the impersonation power of Proteus, I can do anything. And when Samson is given the task of smashing the inhibitor wave generator... And we see Samson now wearing his Superman costume, fully dressed, and he says... I have the power of Jove to hurl lightning bolts, and the power of Midas to turn anything to gold. But I won't need them for this job. And we see an inset panel of Clark, who's saying... You must not be seen together. People will think you're Superman, going at super speed from one job to another. Before we go any further, let's discuss these extra powers that the guys have got. Yes, this is something that we've not seen before in, this is, in their appearances. This is very interesting, because we've already talked about how um, Shazam, Captain Marvel, gets his powers from seeing Shazam, and then Shazam spelled out, yeah. suggests you know, Solomon and Hercules. Mm-hmm. And, is that Atlas, then Zeus? Atlas, is then Achilles, Achilles and Mercury. Yeah. So this is some more references to other characters from Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. You know, Achilles and Proteus and Neptune and Jove. Jove. Midas. Jove, Jove is the, what is that? That's Jupiter, isn't Jupiter, it? Jupiter, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. I mean, the thing is, there's a better chance that kids in those days reading this would have known all these stories. It's you know? benefit for classical education. Exactly. Yes. The only old grade I got a one for was classical studies. There you go. There, there you go, listeners. That's how posh <laughs> I am. So anyway, back to back to the plot. And Jimmy has walked into the room that Superman, sorry, Clark, has been broadcasting from. Jimmy says, Come on, Clark! Lois has cooked a swell meal. And Clark responds, Just a minute, Jimmy. And he thinks, How can those three heroes of the past have the powers of other legendary gods and heroes? I don't understand that. Well, we don't understand you, Clark. You've just been talking about that. I wonder if he heard us. Possibly. He could have done Super it. Superheating. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Superheating that travels 50-odd years. Anyway. And through universes. Yes. <gasps> Gasp. So we move on to the bottom panel of page five, and the caption says... Using his colossal strength, Atlas gives a dismaying surprise to the thieves who ride into Metropolis. Sure enough, as Atlas is humping cars around, we see the two baddies who were in the earlier panel causing all the trouble coming in on a tandem bike, which is a bicycle that's built for two. Mm-hmm. Which is, this is quite unusual though. Yes, yeah, it has a sort of, we're guessing, is a bulletproof shield in the front. Mm. And anyway, one of the guys on the bike says, It's Superman, building a barrier of empty cars around us, just when we were going to rob the city's biggest bank. We are sunk. And we see Atlas addressed as Superman. Yep. And he's thinking, I don't even need my other powers for this. 
Lifting those strange chariots is nothing to Atlas, who could lift mountains. And only a few minutes later, just outside Gotham City. And we see Hercules in a Superman uniform, still with his little headband, keeping his hair in place. He's gesturing towards a couple more baddies, also in a tandem, also with a shield, also riding in. And Hercules thinks to himself, The power of Morpheus, the Lord of Dreams, is casting them into deep slumber. They'll not loot this city. Clean-shaven, blonde, Brian Blessed. That's it. It's yeah, amazing, it's look. Yeah, 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 this is great. So well, he, yeah, actually, he's blonde in this panel. He should yeah, be redhead. Yeah, it's weird. Because because Atlas is the one who's blonde. Mm-hmm. Mm. So the second panel of page six, very exciting. Mighty Samson strikes at the origin of the inhibitor wave. And we see Samson basically just punching, wrecking the building that the, the bodies were hiding in. One of them's climbing out the window and he says, It's Superman destroying our whole setup. Run! And then Samson says, You won't run far. Moving on to panel three, and it looks as though things are getting back to normal in Metropolis. Indeed they are, as the caption says. With the inhibitor wave stopped, the area returns to normal. And a voice comes from a car saying, At last, our cars are moving again. And then a policeman says, Ah, radios are playing once more. And you can see a little wave of tune coming out of a building nearby. And there's another guy who looks absolutely ecstatic. And he's waving and cheering and he says, Everything's just as it was! Hooray! Well, he's, he's, he's certainly very happy about the whole thing, isn't he? I don't think he's ever been ever been happier in his entire life. No, he's got um, a big gumsy smile as well. <laughs> he really has. <laughs> <laughs> he's delighted. As he high-fives the Invisible Man, because yes. his hand is waving in the air, that's yeah. what it looks like. So, we move on to panel four. But, as the three ancient superheroes doff their Superman costumes... And as an insight panel, where Clark is obviously still talking to them via super ventriloquism. Yes. Yeah, and he says... Great work. The police have the crooks now. Thanks. If you'll return to the spot where you appeared in this era, I'll send you back to the past. I've turned on the reverse time ray. And you can see Hercules taking off his Superman suit. Atlas is still wearing his. Samson seems to have shed his already. And Hercules says, Who wants to go back to the past? And he continues, We like it here, and we're going to stay and take over the world. We only stopped those thieves because they were stealing what should belong to us. Blimey, so Atlas is raising a fist at the air, and Samson chips in with... Right, we'll make this city metropolis the centre of our dictatorship. And there's an inset panel of Clark Kent looking appalled, frankly. We move on to page seven. Soon a terrible trio bursts upon Metropolis. And we see them causing all sorts of nonsense. Hercules is pointing at a policeman, Samson is firing lightning bolts, and Atlas is lifting up, lifting up a tank. Okay. So Hercules says... Cease this silly resistance. We're your new rulers, and you can't challenge our powers. I'll put you to sleep. And Samson says, Ho oh, ho, see how they're on when I hurl the thunderbolts of Jove. By Jove. <laughs> and then Atlas says, Their puny weapons can harm invulnerable Atlas. In the sealed atom bomb shelter, Clark Kent sees an appalling sight with his supervision. I did say he looked appalled. This is the most appalled I've ever seen anyone in a comic. It is. I don't even think Kyle Rayner looked so appalled when he fancied a cold beer and got a fright when he opened his fridge. Quite frankly. Well, possibly. (laughs) Mm. Anyway, Clark thinks to himself, Hercules, Samson, Atlas. They're power-lusting and evil. But how can this be? I've met Hercules and Samson many times, and they were heroes. How can I stop them without revealing my identity? Hmm, I've got it. And we see him using his, an inset of his head. Again, he's above Hercules, and Clark's using super ventriloquism to say, Hercules, 
You boasted you had the power of Neptune, lord of the sea. But you couldn't raise the sea an inch. Ha <laughs> ha! Whoever said that, I'll show him my power and make him regret his taunt. And we can see in this panel that Hercules is actually standing in a boat, because in the previous panel there was posts where ships would be tied up. So he's standing in a boat and he declares, By the power of Neptune I possess, rise, ocean! And then there's a wide, wide, long panel at the bottom of page 7. We can see the ship that Hercules is standing on and the waves getting up near the city and they're getting a bit higher. And Hercules shouts, Higher, O ocean, rise! And there's a voice coming from Metropolis, almost a panic voice, because it says, Oh, Metropolis will be flooded! One person in the Metropolis is freaking out, but yes, everyone, everyone else is, is fine. Everyone else is looking the other way. And that's it. So we arrive at the top of page 8, and we can see the water levels rising quite near the hill in the hatch of the shelter mm-hmm. that Clark and Lois and Jimmy were all in. And the two, look, I'm guessing it must be the two guys who were there earlier on uh, are rushing about. And one of them says, The sea will soon cover the shelter hatch entrance. We've got to get these planet reporters out before they're trapped. And the second one says, We'll unseal the door fast. The test of the shelter will have to be scheduled later. In the next panel, they've been successful. The hatch is open. The guy's running off towards the car. Jimmy and Lois are running off too. Clark falling up behind. Lois says, Come on, Clark. The official's car is over here. And then Clark responds, I'll follow later, Lois. I want to see how fast the sea is rising. Very curious, Clark. But... When the others are gone, Clark Kent is free at last to switch to Mighty Superman. It's a nice panel. We can see Metropolis in the distance. Clark has now got changed into his Superman uniform. He's flying off from the hill with the hatch, and he's thinking to himself, Now to get the three supervillains back to the spot where my time-drawing ray will return them to their own ages. I still can't understand how they could have changed and become evil. Moments later, in Metropolis... Superman is grabbing Hercules, and Superman says, You may be Hercules... But I'm Superman, and you're going with me. And a voice from off-camera says, Superman, wait. And in the next panel, we see Samson lifting a ship above his head. And he says, Put Hercules down and leave here, or we'll destroy this city, using these puny ships as wrecking bars. In this panel, Superman has now got Hercules. He's holding him up over his head. And I'm actually miming what he's doing. <laughs> I wish you could see. Anyway, Superman thinks to himself, I can't risk the destruction that might result. I've got to pretend to obey them. So we move to the top of page nine, and we see Samson lifting the ship. I see you know your masters. Now, get out of our sight, and thanks for bringing us to this time, Superman. Ha ha ha. Superman is looking over his shoulder at Samson. Hercules is just in front of him. Hercules on the right lap. Superman thinks, it's a mystery. These heroes are vicious. They also seem rather stupid. Hmm. Maybe I can use my wits against them. So in the next panel, all three of the heroes stroke villains are confronting Superman. And Superman says, Why did I ever draw you three into the present? And the fourth one I brought through time to help me, the one called Omni-Menace, is even more ruthless. And Hercules says, Who is this Omni-Menace? He can't be as mighty as we are. In the next panel, Superman is flying off saying, Omni-Menace is worse than you are. You have the powers of some of the legendary gods, but he has the powers of all of them. Still... I'll fight him to the end. And Hercules says, Bah! Nobody could have so many powers. Slow dissolve to the next panel and the caption says, Flashing to his fortress of solitude, the Man of Steel makes super swift preparations. And we see Superman in the fortress, filling with some equipment, with the bottled city of Candor beside him, but he's also put a a sort of maroon jumpsuit effort over his own normal costume. Yes, and he's got uh, an eye mask as well. Yeah, a little domino mask effort. And it's not very clear, but in some panels you can see there's like a lightning bolt insignia on it as well. Right, okay. But you don't really see it very often. Right. 
Is that not in this panel? There's a radio voice coming through from Candor, and it's saying, Superman, we have Candor speaking to you by monitor. There's something about these three villains we've discovered by monitor watch. And you must know... No time now. I've got to get the sea level down from Metropolis. This almost indestructible costume, which can be electrified, that I took from that alien crew called Volto, should do it. We'll also need to make a huge steel horn. We dissolve to the bottom panel of page nine, and Superman has built his massive steel horn, and he's standing on top of a roof of a building that's down by the docks, and a steel horn is poking into the water, and Atlas, Samson, and Hercules are watching him. And there is a caption which says, Minutes later, the three new tyrants of Metropolis witness a staggering sight. Indeed, and Samson says, Look, whoever he is, he's drinking up the ocean. And Hercules says, The sea is going down all around the city, but... Who is he? How does he do it? Top of page 10, it's a closer panel of Superman standing on the roof, drinking up the sea, using his huge steel horn, and he's thinking, It looks as though I'm drinking up the sea, but actually the water's running down into a crack in the ocean floor. So the next panel, there's a flashback panel which is showing Superman digging on the sea bottom, and the inset Superman head thinks to himself, I pierced a crack down to a cavern beneath the sea bottom just before I started this exhibition. And the Superman within the flashback thinks, This will drain enough seawater down into the cavern to drop the water level around Metropolis. And when I use the drinking horn I made out of junk steel, it'll seem like I'm drinking it. Minutes later, as the disguised Superman confronts his three foes. And this is the best shot of the the chest insignia that Peter described. Mm. It looks kind of like a Barry Allen style flash lightning bolt, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Given the fact that it's already tinged to his, to his very dark costume, it yeah. makes him look a bit like an evil villain. Yeah. Don't know if Volto ever actually appeared or if that's just like a reference. That's mm. not a character I'm aware of. Volto, no, couldn't tell you. No. So anyway, Volto, if you're listening, please uh, yes, get in touch. Yes, of course. So, masked lightning bolt on his chest, Omni Menace Superman says, Yes, I'm Omni Menace, from a time farther back than yours. I think I can use you three as servants. I intend to rule this world. And Atlas responds, Servants, you boasting fool, we have the power of God, as you shall learn. And the next panel, we see Samson hurling lightning bolts at Superman. And Samson says, The thunderbolts of Jove will destroy you. And Omni Menace grabbed the steel that he made his drinking horn out of. And Omni Menace says, I don't even feel them. Thunderbolts, I'm guessing he means, obviously. While I use the power Vulcan has over metals to change this steel drinking horn. And he's thinking, my power Vulcan is really my heat vision. It's softening the steel, and my super strength is squeezing it into new shape. And in the next panel, he continues talking to Samson, and he says, And the metal shield will reflect your own bolts back at you. And we see that happening right enough. We see Atlas and Hercules and Samson ducking out of the way of the flying thunderbolts. Yes. And Atlas says, Samson, stop using lightning. Even the weaker reflection of them is hurting me. Only Atlas and vulnerability protects him. That's wrong. That's obviously Hercules that should be saying that. But they've got the speech bubble coming out of Atlas. Ah, yeah. Okay, well, Hercules, you'd better say that line then. Okay. Samson, stop using lightning. Even the weaker reflections of them is hurting me. Only Atlas thinks invulnerability protects him. That was a shocking bit of quality control on behalf of the DC editorial team. Terrible. But anyway, we're just going to leave that in. That's what it happens to you get three very similar strongmen. Of course. Uh-huh. Right, so we move on to the top of page 11. And Samson... It's grabbing hold of the Omni Menace and he says, Since Jove's power failed against him, I'll take care of him with my own strength. <laughs> and Omni Menace thinks, Hmm, Samson's power was in his long hair, and the blast of my super breath could remove that. I, Omni Menace, have the strength of Thor. I'll show you. And in the next panel, 
This is phenomenal. This is definitely going up in the oh, socials. Yes, yes. Most definitely. This might become a new profile picture. <laughs> the um, basically, off panel, the Omni Menace is using his super breath, and what we see is Samson's hair just flying off. Literally being blown off. Blown t- I wonder if he was wearing a wig and, and it's just been whooshed. Anyway. And you wondered why he's playing this as Sean Connery. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Well, he does look like him. It's basically the first part of this page, right? So anyway, his hair bushes off and Samson says, My hair is gone and all my powers went with it. I'm weak like a child in his grass. An off-panel only menace thinks, A good thing too. His Midas power could have turned me into a golden statue. And as Jimmy and Lois witness the battle of the gods from the planet building. And we can see the planet building in the distance in the city, you know, with the park all around, with Omni Menace and the lads in the foreground. And we're guessing it's Lois's voice. And Lois's voice says, These awful creatures seem like something out of a nightmare. And what's become of Clark? Did he get caught by the seawaters when they rose? And in the foreground of the panel, we see Omni Menace and the others. And he says, Weak as you are, this heavy shield which I've turned into a, a makeshift stock will hold you. And he's done that, obviously, out of the, the iron from the drinking. Yes, and you, and you see uh, poor Samson's baldy head poking out of it. <laughs> yes. It's quite amusing. It's, it's, still with his beard, though, you know. It's very amusing indeed. We move on to the, the bottom panel, and basically Omni Menace is now fighting with, with Hercules. He's laid up, he's hit him a cracking left hook, and Hercules says, This Omni Menace is as strong as I am, and my blows don't seem to hurt him. And Atlas says, Stand back! I'm using my power of Proteus to change my bodily shape. And we can already see that he's grown two extra arms. And he seems there's lines around them that obviously indicate that he's moving. And yes. Uh-huh. Because in the next panel, he's a giant. He's suddenly got eight arms. He's towering over Omni Menace. He's still wearing his toga, but he's suddenly wearing a sort of half Doctor Fate helmet. Yeah, it's a bit more defined uh, fin, and actually seems to be sitting higher on his head than Fate did as it's well. Very, very like the sort of half mask helmet mm-hmm. that Doctor Fate had for well during his career in the forties, which we'll talk about eventually when we talk <laughs> about Doctor Fate some more. But anyway, this giant Doctor Fate helmet wearing, eight armed wearing version of Atlas says, "I've taken the body of the many armed giant Briarius. I'll take care of this Omni Menace." And in the foreground of the panel, Omni Menace thinks to himself, I've got to impress them that I've got all the powers of the gods. I'll grind these stones to rock dust in my hands and use my super cold breath to blow it on him. And particularly on his heel, which is the only part of him that is vulnerable. And that's always him casting back to when they were all putting on the Superman suits and he yes. talks about having the vulnerability, the invulnerability of Achilles, I should yes. say. Does that ever come up for Captain Marvel? He's got vulnerable heels. Because surely that'd be a weakness as well. It's the courage of Achilles, isn't it? Well, it's courage slash vulnerability, yeah. So I don't think, I can't think of a story where it ever comes up. To okay, but now that you've said that, I'll be keeping my eyes peeled when, Good. I'm, when I'm devouring my World's Finest Dollar Comics at bedtime. So we move on to page 12, the first panel. We see Omni Menace blowing more dust over the giant. And he says, Now, by my power of Medusa, I'll turn you to stone. And he thinks... Super cold air is temporarily paralyzing him, and the rock dust I'm secretly blowing on him makes him look like stone anyway. In the back end of this panel, Hercules looks appalled. He does <laughs> indeed, yeah. So we run to panel two, and Hercules is ranged forward, and he says, But, but, Atlas had the vulnerability of Achilles. And Donny Menace says, Remember, Achilles' heel was vulnerable, and I turned my Medusa gaze on it. I'll restore him to life soon, and thinks... He'll be back to normal anyway, when that paralysing cold that struck through his heel wears off. We continue to the next panel, and Omni Menace says to Hercules, And it's no use to try your sleep power of Morpheus on me, for I also have the power of Argus, the watchman of the gods, who never slept. And he thinks, that's a bluff. 
but he's scared enough now to fall for it. And Hercules says, We we can't resist you when you have the powers of all the gods, Omnimenus. And moments later, when Atlas has turned back from stone to normal and resumed his own shape... And the guys in the past have lined up. Atlas, Samson stroking his... <laughs> his now bald his, his head. His head. Hercules leaning in, and Omnimenus says, Since you tried to resist me, you'll not be my servants, but my slaves. And your first task will be to build a palace here that's worthy of me. Now we move on to the bottom panel of page 12, and the caption says, The labours of Hercules and of Atlas and Samson begin. And Omnimenus dictates, Work faster, or I'll turn all my powers loose against you. And we see Atlas bearing some heavy stone on his shoulders, Hercules hammering some steel with a big mallet, and Samson dragging a big girder, and he says, My strength is gone. Until my hair grows again, the others will have to help me. The building work is obviously progressing. Samson is dragging something along. Atlas has a, a bricklayer's trowel in his hand for the looks of it. And Hercules is still beating a rock. The caption says, With Omnimenus relentlessly slave-driving them, the three toil unceasingly. Omnimenus starts to fly off and he says, Speed up the work! Now I'm going to fly, using the power of the god Mercury to search out rare treasures for my palace. It'll better be finished when I return, or your laziness will be punished! Cracking shot of the Barry Allen lightning bolt there. Yes. We move on to panel two and the lads are all conferring. We can see Omnimenus flying off in the background and Samson says, He'll work us to death. And since he has the powers of all the gods, we can't resist him. I wish that we'd never been brought to this time. And Hercules says, Maybe we can sneak away and return to our own time periods. He continues, Remember... When Superman drew us here, he told us he was turning on the reverse time ray, and that, if we went to the spot where we first appeared, we'd be drawn back to our own time. And then Atlas says, We wouldn't go back then, but now I'd be glad to. Hurry, before he comes back. <laughs> Samson's still appalled at not having any hair. <laughs> we move on to panel 5 of page 13. We can see a red ray. And Atlas, Hercules are running towards it, Samson running towards it in the background. And Hercules says, That real force must be from the time machine he turned on. It will draw us back to our own eras. And obviously a slightly panicked, Samson is saying, But Omnimenus has spotted us and is coming after us. Run! Final panel of page 13. Omnimenus is flying down, but the red ray is completely covering the guys in the past and they're starting to fade out. And Hercules says, Just in time to escape that slave driver. I can feel the ray drawing us back. And Samson says, I I never want to see this time again. We move on to the final page of the story, top of page 14, and Only Menace is thinking to himself, My tricks to make them want to return to their own time worked, but I still can't understand how great heroes like Hercules, Atlas and Samson could have turned evil. Moments later, over Metropolis. And we can see Superman removing the Omni Menace gear, and he's using his super ventriloquism to reassure the populace, and he's crying, People of Metropolis, I was Omnimenus, and those other three invaders have gone and will never return. My palace will make a fine new city art gallery. And I'm guessing, yep, yeah, that must be Lois and Jimmy standing on top of the planet. Yes. And Lois says, Jimmy, we might have known Superman wouldn't have quit so tamely, but we'd better go now and make sure Clark Kent is all right. Slow dissolve back at the fortress. When Superman returns the Omnimenus costume to his Fortress of Solitude. And he's talking to a man from Candor who looks a bit like Roger Delgado, wouldn't you say? Or or me if my beard hadn't gone black. (laughs) The man from Candor says, Superman, we tried to tell you before, but you hadn't time to listen. 
Our monitor instrument readings showed us that the three you drew here did not come from Earth's past. Superman says, but where did they come from then? Your time drawing force was affected and distorted by the inhibitor wave. So you drew the three not from Earth's past, but from the past of a parallel world. <gasps> like Earth, but with a different history. Gasp. And then Superman says, Then, in the parallel Earth's history, Hercules, Atlas and Samson were evil and with different powers. It reminds me of the time years ago when I met evil counterparts of some of the Legion of Superheroes in a parallel world. And a footnote says, See Superboy and the Five Legion Traitors in Superboy number 117. Or indeed our very recent episode. Yes. Terrific. We cut back to Lois and Jimmy. Later, as Lois and Jimmy anxiously search for Clark Kent... Lois looking very pained. And she says, Oh, Jimmy, I don't see Clark anywhere. The rising sea may have caught and drowned him. And Jimmy says, Relax, Lois. He's right over us in this tree. And sure enough, we see Clark patched up a tree, looking a bit pathetic, and he thinks, Luckily I got here and switched to Clark just before they came. And he says, I climbed up here to escape the flood. Do you think it's safe to come down now? How timid can you get? Look, Clark, do me a favour. Forget I ever suspected that you might be Superman. The, the end. end. Well, well, I enjoyed that a lot more <laughs> after I had the the context of the previous history stories. With, yes, uh-huh. you know, because when, when we were doing a prep and I read this through, I thought it was mm-hmm. absolutely torturous. But after doing the digging and realising that there was other stories, there's a precedent for those characters. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you 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 had a bit of speculation in mind. What we've seen of the multiverses developing through DC at at the stage we're at is we've had the ones that happened in the Superman family stories. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of editors involved in Superman ones. Uh, we've had the ones that Julie Schwartz has mostly been overseeing, the ones actually naming the Earths. Yes, so uh, with the Flash and... Yes, uh, so we've, and we've done Earth 1, Earth 2, Earth 3, etc. Et yeah. This is really weird because it is totally sticking to the Superman family stories because it's referring to yes. evil counterparts. And he's referring to the Legion of Superheroes story as opposed yeah. to the one he just met the week before, pretty much. In the Justice League story. In the Justice League story, yeah, when he met Ultraman. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, again, it's just really interesting how they've done that. It's like all the pieces of the puzzle are just being brought out of the box. They're just not all fitting together yet. Yeah. But that raises the question, is this an Earth 3 version of these characters? It's And is it indeed an Earth 3 version of those Legion of Superheroes characters? I mean, that that's the possibility. I mean... Because obviously the, the Johnny Quick and Owlman names have all been used elsewhere, so there's yes. nothing, you know, it's, that's, we've established that uh-huh. at length. In last week's episode, we had that Legion story, and now we're seeing pronounced evil versions of Atlas and Hercules mm-hmm. who previously have been Superman's pal. So certainly nothing in this action comic story that doesn't say they're from Earth 3. But you're right, it's weird It's weird that Superman doesn't conjecture that himself, but again, yeah. this is it's different editors, there's mm-hmm. no real coherence. But we're getting there, this is the journey, this is the excitement, this is why we're doing this. Absolutely. When I first read it, not knowing about the history of Samson and Hercules, whatever, to me this just felt like another disposable mm-hmm. Superman Silver Age story. But now Where he that, fights people in, yeah, and in then, togas, and yeah, and then there's a there's a thing at the end, and it's and it's explained away. But yeah. now that we have the context, I enjoyed it a hundred times more than I did the first time I read it because yeah. we know that he has history with Samson. I love uh-huh. the panel when he's speculating about what's going wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as I was saying when we when we did the little insert moment earlier on, we were yeah. talking about them. I bet the readers were probably reading along with Superman and working out and speculating what's mm-hmm. going on. You know, it was I mean, from the earlier appearances of Hercules and Samson, uh, they're almost 
like ancillary cameo characters that you get in Superman family titans. You know, occasionally people pop up from time to time, and it's like, okay, this is this character. Yeah. Uh, like later on, like Bartox, maybe you know. Is, yes. It's like yeah. A, a, uh-huh. You know, a recurring hero they've come across, but this certainly seems to be the Vartox of of their day. Yes. Almost these characters uh-huh. when they when they appear. Yeah, I mean, a good half a dozen appearances beforehand, and, and as I said, they're drawn precisely the same way. So it's, it's yeah. always the continuity of between them is very clear. Although occasionally hair colours wrong. Yes. <laughs> So, we're going to do the letters pages now, aren't we? Yes, let's do that. The letters pages actually span two issues right. for this, I believe. The Metropolis Mailbag. So there's one letter in Action Comics 323 that refers to this story, and it goes something like this. Dear Editor, in the three super enemies you show Superman paralysing Atlas by blowing his super cold breath on his right heel, his Achilles heel. But Achilles' left heel was vulnerable. How do you explain this? That's from Michael Lieben, Floral Park, New York. And the editorial response to this awfully pedantic question is... You forgot that Atlas came from a parallel world. In that dimension, (laughs) Achilles was vulnerable in his right heel. That adds credence to the Earth-3 conceit as well. Because in some of the stories, you find that their internal organs are reversed. Really? When does that... When does that fall in? Uh, I think that's in the Grant Morrison, Frank Quitely. Right, okay. I think I could, I could be wrong, but right. yeah, I remember that being a thing. But that's certainly post-crisis. But yeah, it's just an interesting mm-hmm. you know, wee tie-in. Mm-hmm. So moving on to Action Comics 324. There's a couple of letters. Pete's going to do the first one. Dear Editor, in The Three Super Enemies, it was stated that the evil Samson, Atlas and Hercules came from a parallel world. But... In Superman meets the Goliath Hercules, the Man of Steel visited a parallel world and found that there Hercules looked like Goliath and was not evil. Did you goof? Asks Gary Lee Phillips of Midland, Texas. And the editorial response says, quite obviously, come on Gary, do some thinking. Yes. Not at all. Stories concern two different parallel worlds. According to theory, there are countless such parallels of our Earth. Ooh, we should yeah. probably start keeping count, shouldn't we? Yeah, well, we might uh, go back. And there's only one other letter that refers to this story in this letter column, and it goes something like this. Dear Editor, in The Three Super Enemies, Samson was supposed to have the power of Midas to turn things to gold. Yet you showed him smashing a building, lifting a ship and touching Superman without turning anything to gold. I dare you to explain this, boo-boo. You can answer with a wise crack. And that's from Arthur Newmark from Brooklyn, New York. Obviously, that was not my best Brooklyn accent. <laughs> the editorial response to this pedantic bit of nonsense is... Okay, you asked for it. Samson had sold his Midas touch temporarily to the notorious movie villain, Goldfinger. <laughs> you think we don't put thought into the voices that we use for the Very characters? Good. If I was wearing a hat, Peter, I would take it off to you right now. <laughs> I will mention one other story. It doesn't refer... One other letter, sorry, in this letter column. It doesn't actually refer to that story. It refers to the story in a different issue. But it's from future DC writer, and someone we'll talk about quite a lot on the podcast, mm. Carrie Bates from Fantastic. Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, Fantastic. there we are. Uh, yeah, Carrie is, was quite a notorious letter hack back in the day. But he does go on and become a full-time comic writer yep. for DC. And, and he'll, he'll uh, pop up a few times, won't he? Yes, so look, stay tuned. Yeah, we'll have to practice our Carrie Bates voice. Do you know, I like the fact there was a letter there talking about the Hercules, the Goliath Hercules story, because that shows the readers are paying attention. Yeah. I wonder if any readers were speculating about Earth 3 or where they could have been, you know, in the same that we've been doing just now, you know? Yeah, interesting that, you know, I'm sure some people were thinking about Earth 3, but no letters were published about it. So maybe, again, different editorial yeah. departments. There's, there's obviously no yet... 
defined editorial consensus on going forward what yeah. we're going to do with Parallel Earths. They're obviously still making it up as they go along at this no, point. No they? multiversal plan, at least as far as the uh, Superman offices go. it interesting to see if that changes. Only one way to find out. Yep. You exactly. can make sure you subscribe to us and you'll find out. Thank you for joining us for Action Comics 320. We enjoyed it. Yep, and I hope you did too. Please yeah. let us know if you did. You can email us at theearth2podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at the Earth 2 Podcast and on Instagram at the Earth 2 Podcast. Uh, we always put up some select panels from the issue. You can watch Superman blowing Samson's hair <laughs> off. It is a sight to be seen. Uh, feel free to use it as a profile picture. In the comfort of your own home. <laughs> yes. And also we're on Twitter at podcast underscore Earth 2. Yep. If you can give us a review on any of your podcast suppliers, that would be helpful as well. We've had a couple already, so thanks for that. Absolutely. Cheers. Thank you. Apologies for any sound issues you've had during this episode. We've been recording this from our own underground bunker. Unfortunately, we don't have super ventriloquism, or else we could just literally podcast right into your ears. That'll happen one day. One day. Yeah, the rate technology is progressing. One anyway. day when this planet explodes and we get shuttled <laughs> off to another planet where we've got superpowers under a blue sun, perhaps. That'd be nice. It would be nice. What, yeah. what superpower would you have first? What would you prefer? I would think you... super ventriloquism, really? just, just for the easiness of just like, doing the I would, I would like to fly. But anyway, it's that's cold. That's, that's cool. Cool. Maybe I could have super hair regenerating abilities. Samson wants that yeah, as well. Yeah, that'd be tremendous. Anyway, anyway indeed. that wraps up this episode. So please tune in next time and you can join us on... The Earth 2 Podcast. Transmatter Cube activated. Return coordinates set for Earth Prime. I see you know your masters. Now, get out of our sights. And thanks for bringing us this time. I'll say it again. Okay. <laughs> Please do, because okay. it's great. <laughs> uh, do you want to give me the intro again? No. Okay. Because <laughs> I want this to be the outtake, that you, that little bit that you stick at the end.